Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Miner fans. Senior Cedric Clang here, and uh, just want to say thank you for all your support these last four years. Uh, I know uh, me and the other seniors, I really appreciate you guys. Um, although we had a tough uh, weekend on the road, we can still really use your support. Please hear us on as we uh, try to bow for the first round box for the next week's Conference USA tournament. Uh, Thursday, we play North Texas at 7 p.m. Uh, for military night. Then we come back and play Rice uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. for senior day. Please wear orange. Tickets start at just $8, so call 747-5234. We'll see you in the Haskins Center. What's going on, Minor Nation? I'm Anthony Sloan, live with Alex Nicholas for another episode of the Rush Podcast. There you just heard it, the uh, words from the UTEP seniors talking about this upcoming week, the games, North Texas and Rice, military night and senior night, man. What do you think? What you, what'd you think when you heard that message? You want to know my honest opinion? Uh, you, you, can, you can sugarcoat it. It's all hey, I'm, I, you know, I think, you know, these guys sounded a little down, yeah. you know, a little frustrated, you know, maybe hopefully that turns into some, to some, I don't know if you know, this is a word, but some focusness, some, <laughs> you know, some nastiness, something, but I mean, you can obviously tell either these guys don't like being in front of the camera, or they just weren't too happy about, you know, what's gone on the past week, but, you know, they're, they're three of probably 20,000 people that feel the same about yeah, what happened man. last I week. I think, I think they're definitely a little down, a little defeated. That was a rough, rough week, and, and you got, I mean, here's the thing. You know, it, it's easy to be on the outside looking in as a fan and, and, and be real critical of the team and talk about how bad they've played and how disappointing it's been. And it has been. There's no there's no hiding it. There's no way around it. But those guys are actually out there. You yeah. know what I mean? And and those guys are, are experiencing. They've been out there for 100 plus games. Yeah, and those guys are the ones that are out there experiencing that disappointment firsthand, literally shedding those blood, sweat, and tears, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, as fans, you expect so much of your, of, of your team and – and whether you whether it's you know whether it's right or not to expect that, you still got to understand that these are guys that have given four or five years of their lives to this program, and and you got to respect them for that. I mean, we just got. I mean, I think the main thing is, is even even my own you know, my myself, I've 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 been extremely disappointed with them and and the team and Floyd and how everything has gone. But you know, in the end, you just got to realize like, hey. These guys are out there giving it their all, and sometimes things aren't going to go the way you want, and you still got to be out there supporting because they're out there doing their best, I guess you could say. So you got you just got to make sure you you don't. It's one thing to be critical; it's another thing to start bashing and hating, and that's the that's the line that we don't want to cross as fans, you know. Because again, these guys are the ones that are out there on the court. So I think we've done a good job of that. I, I, when I say we, I speak on behalf of everybody. I'm not yeah. rush from commenters. Everybody. I mean, it's it's respect, and you know what? I mean, not. A- but these are guys that have been faces of this program, faces of the Tim Floyd era. So sad to see them go, definitely. But I really want to hope them that they go out after this weekend with a bigger bang. And, of course, we'll get into that early. But we got a loaded-ass show for yeah, y'all. Big show. We got uh, Aaron Jones. He don't need no really introduction. He's just yeah. Aaron Jones, some minor fans. You know what he's coming on in about five, ten minutes. Talk a little spring ball to kill the time before he comes on. Then we'll get in uh, back into UTEP basketball. Got some burning questions. Um, maybe a couple, you know, hopefully we get a couple of callers in. Of course, you guys know the number. If you don't know by now, it's 347-934-0951. Jump in anytime. Uh, you guys have a take or anything. And, uh, and the basketball, I mean, we're going we're gonna to go pretty, we're going to go in deep again. Yeah. Kind of how we've gone, you know, through the whole season. Of course, we'll end things out with our Conference USA rundown. But I know the first thing that we want to talk about is the post that me and Anthony have been working on. Seeming like almost for months. Yeah. To try it's to put been this a while. together. I mean, this was kind of, we had a, 
something like this, I felt like we had to put a lot of thought in a little bit of, you know, because this was, I mean, it it got a lot of, you know, reads, it got a lot of uh, talk, I mean, all platforms, social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, not even from a UTEP perspective. So, you know, and this is kind of the reason why we're going to bring Aaron Jones on because he hyped on this. So, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, this was fun for me to kind of edit it and go through it. I mean, what did you think about it once we kind of not only as you were going through, you know, your research, but putting it together. I think the first thing, man, you know, when I first thought about this and, and got heated up about it, it, it was a while back. We had some some commenter come on Minor Rush. Pretty sure we determined he was a, a UTSA fan. <laughs> and he was just talking a bunch of trash about the recruiting class and whatnot. And it, it just got me thinking about it. Like, you know, you start looking into it and you say, yeah, these, these recruit knowledge do see us as, as one of the worst in the nation, but is it, how, how can you really judge that? You know, when when all you got is stars, five stars to go off of, uh, it, it's it's kind of unfair, and, and especially to a program like UTEP that doesn't get that much exposure uh, on the national scale. And so, you know, you start looking a little further into it, and we know as, as you know, running minor rush, you have people from sites like two four seven and whatever other recruiting outlets. Come to us and ask, hey, uh, what's up with this guy? What do you think of this guy? You know, one star, two star, three star. And you give your input. They they actually come to sites like us. So when you start seeing that, you realize that it's impossible for them to go and evaluate the talent and be able to assign a grade. And because of that, you know, the whole system is flawed from the start. Now, Asher Wildman, of course, everybody knows Asher, former ABC7 anchor, uh, got into the conversation on Twitter and was talking about, well, you know, couldn't couldn't you kind of go from the other side of it and say, well, if they were that good, they'd be. And I definitely agree with him. Um, when I when on my part, when I was thinking about you know the content, it wasn't so much about discrediting those top athletes or saying that hey, if you're a five star, you're overrated. Nah, it wasn't really about that. But it's just more saying that yeah, those guys that get exposure and that are seen, you know. Yeah, they're, they're, they are. They're, they're good talents. But that doesn't mean that a guy that doesn't get noticed can't be just as good. And so it is rare that a four- or five-star athlete is going to fall through the cracks and not get rated. But that doesn't mean that, you know, just like we've seen, there's 10 players right now in the NFL from UTEP uh, that, that played at UTEP that were on NFL rosters this past year. And I'm sure most of them were either not rated or two-star athletes. You know, Tom Brady was unranked, man. I mean, come on. You know, so it's it's – the whole system is flawed, and for somebody, well, like, again, what started this whole thing was somebody talking trash about us being the worst in the nation. You know, when somebody comes in to say that and say, hey, look, you guys ain't, you guys don't have anything because you're the worst recruiting class in the nation, to me, I take offense to that, and, and that you got to kind of defend yourself and prove, look, this is, this is, these are the true numbers. This is the true, this is, these are the facts here. And so, I, I don't know, this thing kind of got me fired up, and obviously it got a whole bunch of other people fired up as well. I mean, because really, kind of the whole, and when I'm thinking back on it, I, every time I put out a post, I always think, like, oh, what could I have done a little bit better? This is a great post. But I think the main point of it is saying that at this level, where we're at in Conference USA, when we're, you know, when, when basically our competition is a Sun Belt, of course, the Mountain West, because we were number two to Mountain West and all these other small conferences, these rankings don't mean a damn thing. Because just like you pointed out in there, your stock goes up with your with the, with the power schools that you get offered from, yeah. and with that comes uh, Under Armour uh, combine invite, mm-hmm. uh, Spark, Nike, Under Armour, you know, a, a combine invite, rivals, uh, you know, rivals they reach out a little bit more regionally, but you know, the main kids 
are your ESPN top 100s. Why? Because, oh, they were at the Nike Spartan Cap, yeah. and they ran a Ford, whatever, or, or they went out and they just dominated in their drills, and they had an interview with so-and-so, this recruiting guy, and he blew him away. So, of course, they're going to get that ranking, you know, but you, you look at it, and then I, put, I brought it up last week, and it's no knock on none of the, none of the signees, but I got like Jason Van Hook, you know, a guy like uh, uh, the running back Tyrone Nelson. You know, those guys maybe got those opportunities to go to these rivals camps, but, you know, they weren't, they didn't get the extensive, you know, I'm going to watch every mo hit movement of your next 40 drill or this drill that I'm at this national combine. So it's, it's, it's skewed. Like you said, once you get past it, because even like you mentioned, even the bottom feeders of FBS, of the big time FBS conference are still yeah. top 60 yeah. and it's legitimate. And even you can even go look through past of, of these, these top programs, Alabama, you know, uh, A&M, as of, as of recent, uh, you know, when they started coming up with Manziel and, and they kind of blew up on the recruiting team back on the college football map, it, 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 it's true. You've got Alabama that's, what, four or five years now, number one recruiting class, and they consistently put number one, number one draft picks, yeah. talented guys with size that fit. I mean, it's just hard to really come out and say, oh, hey, your recruiting class is horrible. Yeah. You know, we don't know at this level. At Texas, yeah, you can say that. If Texas goes out there and has a class full of three stars, and doesn't grab one four or one five star, then there you yeah you got to question that or Alabama or LSU, but at UTEP, I mean you just, you just gotta wait three or four yeah, years. It's, it's like I brought up the Utah State point you know, the 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 last time we were talk, we were touching on this. I but mean, that that point that you made about having to wait a couple of years before you even consider grading a recruiting class is 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 gold right there. I mean to me that is the truth. You know that that is where everything should begin as far as as far as recruiting class rankings because how can you just say that some kid let's 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 take, let's take a step back if a kid is good right but he's on a bad team in high school he's not going to get noticed nope. as much as the kid who's good but is on a state championship team and i'm pretty sure there's a bunch of those kids in el paso so <laughs> if, if if that's the case you know it how can you grade them based on what that what they did? If you're gonna already, you know, take their grade down because their team wasn't as good, how can you give a true grade to how good they are? And that's why I think what you talk about, you know, taking a couple of years and seeing how they actually develop, that's when you can say, okay, that this recruiting class was this good or it was that bad, you know. And mm -hmm. so when you see a school like UTEP and you talk about Coach Kugler and what he's trying to do and put together recruiting classes that fill immediate need. And, and get, like he said, 10 to 12 players every year that are going to be starters the following year, when you can do that, you're going to win games at this level. And that shows just how good the class is. Right now, we're going to be joined by uh, UTEP running back Aaron Jones, who yesterday uh, got in on the conversation with us on Twitter. Aaron, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. And yourself? Doing good, man. So talk to us a little bit about this. I know that you saw the write-up and. I'm sure the title was a, a a little. I'm sure it got you at first when you see UTEP has worst recruiting class in the nation. Um, what were your original thoughts when you saw that that post? Uh, my original thoughts was I, I didn't agree with that. A lot of a lot of those recruiting services I don't agree with. Like uh, coming out of high school, I was two, a two star recruit, and I thought I was better than two stars just because I didn't get a lot of attention. But a lot of coaches don't come here, so I mean I. I don't agree with that. I think we have a pretty good signing class. I think Coach Kugler knows what he's doing. 
And that's the bottom line. I mean, it's, it's kind of like we said in the polls. He does the homework on you guys. He's been after you. I mean, it's, it's obvious. So, I mean, in your recruiting process, I mean, you – and I know we talked about this with Asher. Did you think maybe there was – or not only for yourself, but is there like an isolation problem with getting these invites to these bigger combines, these Nike Spark and Under Armour? Or what, is, what does the El Paso area have to do to kind of raise their recruiting profile? Um, I I really don't know what we have to do. I mean, we've shown that we have we have athletes here in El Paso uh, making names for ourselves. Just uh, look from basketball, football, track. I mean, cross country, every, everything, soccer. We we have athletes, and I mean, coaches just don't come out here. I guess because in Dallas and Houston, you have so many more athletes there that you can choose from. Oh, definitely. You coming out of high school. Um, I mean, I know that you didn't have – you had quite a few offers, but you, you didn't necessarily have offers from any of those real high major programs. Um, but talk about the, the attention that you did get and what you could attribute that to. Is that is that the success? Like I was mentioning right before you came on was how some high school athletes are judged based on how good their team is. Do you think that you were affected by how good your team was, or, or was that basically just all your individual talent? Oh um, no, I, I feel like I was affected by my team. Uh, they got me going and they pushed me every day in practice, so I couldn't curse that all to myself. And um I mean Oh, can you repeat the question? You are just talking about how, how recruits in general are are maybe affected by how good their team is. Let's say a, a, a guy is coming off a state championship season with his team, he's gonna get a lot more exposure and notoriety than a guy whose team might have finished three and eight. Uh, I just want to know how you thought that might have affected you, and, and when you were coming out of high school, and how much exposure and how many offers you were, you got. Oh, okay. Um, well, in high school, I think we lost in the third round, and there's some teams who went further. And I mean, there's players not playing, but they're on the team, and they're getting attention just because they're on the team, and they won state, and then they might have had a few plays. And I mean, I, I don't think that's fair. I'm like. You have a kid out here producing and putting up numbers and stuff. You have another kid who's barely playing, but he's on the state championship team, and he's getting recruited by bigger schools. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Step away from the recruiting a little bit. I know you're probably sore because y'all just started spring ball and you had y'all second workout today. Uh, how's it going? What did you see uh, from an improvement from Monday into today? Uh, I saw a lot of improvement, a lot of communication. Uh, Monday we had, uh, I want to say, four uh, four false starts today. We had one. Uh, quarterbacks were more accurate. Uh, everything just went smoother. The defense was flying around, making their calls, uh, getting after it. When we were breaking down uh, spring ball, kind of things we were looking at. The main thing, you know, obviously you touched the running team, and you're losing you're losing two great running backs that I, I think just were big keys of offense behind you with Nathan Jeffrey uh, and Josh Bell. Talk about these young guys that you have in there. I mean, Trayvon Hughes and, and, and David Ham. These guys are really going to be something down the road of their career, aren't they? Uh, yes, sir. They work hard every day. Uh, they come to me if they have questions, and they always want to learn. They always want to better themselves. And uh, you can see in practice that they're really starting to get and see how good they uh, they can be. 
the biggest question, though, of course, obviously, is the quarterback with Jamil graduating. I mean, is, what's kind of the thought in the locker room right now as far as, you know, the competition is, you know, what are you kind of seeing out of these guys? And, you know, do you think maybe there could be a possible favorite off of the spring? Of course, Cougar already said he's not going to make a decision until August. But, I mean, do you, it's real early, but you think maybe there could be a guy or two that could stick his head out, you know, when you guys end the spring? Um, I don't think there's any favor right now in the locker room. The chatter is about how good the competition is going to be because we have three pretty good quarterbacks who who all can take it. So it's whoever shows up, uh, they have to come out to play every day and practice. Because I mean, if you miss it, like if you if you're off one day, that guy can be on, and you're you're step behind, you're practice behind. Y'all are coming off a real big year, seven and five ball appearance, um, and and you're heading into a year that. In a way, the the odds are kind of stacked against you in the sense that, you know, you open the road a couple power conference opponents. You open on the road with a couple power conference opponents. You know, you don't play at home until your fourth game of the season. How does that affect you heading into the season? I mean, do you just have to prepare that much harder? or How do you see that? Um, well, the first two teams, of course, power conferences, and uh, I'm glad we get to play them. Uh, we get to show them what we got, and I feel like uh, – we can upset anybody. We can play with anybody. And, uh, I mean, then we go to New Mexico State and play on the road. I mean, to me, that's a home game 45 minutes away. We're, we're going to have a stadium filled with UTEP fans. So, essentially, uh, for me, that's a home game. UTEP running back Aaron Jones joined us on the Rush podcast. Aaron, just kind of like what, what as they said, you know, the expectations seem to rise. Have you seen maybe any more uh, intensity out of Cougar, you know, more of a sense of urgency that, you know, hey, you know, you keep continue following my lead. You kind of get that sense in the first couple of practices where that intensity level from the coaching staff has kind of raised, you know, as long as much as the expectations have raised for you guys in, in the short time? Uh, yes, sir. Well, it started way before spring practice when we first got back uh, lifting weights. Uh, that was even harder. I mean, Coach Kuba is picking up everything in every aspect. I mean, class, school, class, uh, practice, weights. I mean, you could tell on the field, just sit out there and listen to him. You'll see him walking around coaching and everything. I mean, he's really picking it up. All right, there you have it, guys. Aaron Jones joining us on the podcast tonight. Aaron, thank you for your time, man. Good luck the rest of the spring. Stay healthy, and we'll catch you on April 10th at that spring game, man. All right, thank you. I like what he had to say. Uh, I like that he that he that he joined in on that conversation yesterday on Twitter, man. Uh, to take a step you back. You tell he has, he has, he has a lot of pride on that because I mean, yeah, this definitely. I mean, with reason, with good reason, great reason. Because I mean, we're lucky to have a guy like Aaron Jones. I, I mean, it's. I don't even want to think about it, but I just want to enjoy his time, you know, before, you know, he has to leave and, and go on to bigger, better things. But you know, it just it just shows you exactly how much. You know, those recruiting services are just wrong, just like you pointed out. And, I mean, you can tell there's just a lot of pride in this kid. He has a lot of pride in, in El Paso and UTEP, and that's really the thing that jumps out at me the most is, is when you talk about where he jumps into something like that because it's something that if anybody's going to know about it or be a 150% educated, it's going to be that boy Aaron Jones. You know, the former minor right now on TV, uh, Chris Washman, Jr. You man. know what? We just watched two games with UTEP Connections, USC yeah. and U. UCLA, yeah. Oklahoma State has Tyree Griffin out on the floor right now. So, yeah, that's crazy, man. It's you serious. know, as we make this transition from football into basketball, I think that's what uh, – that's for me, even though this, this this post on football got a lot of talk, um, of Facebook, Twitter, you know, comments on Minor Rush, everything, 
There was a lot of talk on that one. And um, it's kind of surprising because this is a basketball school. Yeah. And I'm not sure if if it's just the fact that – I mean, I don't want to say people are kind of giving up at this point, but I'm not really sure what it is. But you just – you would expect to see more traffic on that – on that basketball post compared to the football post. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, but it's a touchy subject because, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, the it's kind of like like the poll. I mean, there's not much information about Utah football recruiting. So anytime we would put something out, it always generates conversation. And I think this one, it just, it, it kind of, the, the title, I think, struck a nerve with some people. And then they read it and they're, oh, okay. You know, so I think it was a clever work by you putting a, a clever title up there to catch some controversy slash conversation. Yeah, I think we figured that would do it. But, um, yeah, so, man, talking about what we're seeing right now on TV, you see Chris Washburn Jr., you see, obviously, Isaac Hamilton with UCLA and uh, uh, all, all the Marchetti from USC that we're going hard after. <laughs> it, it just, it brings up some, like, some bad emotions, man, of, like, thinking of... I'm glad you changed the UCLA game. Uh, yeah, I didn't even <laughs> want to watch that, man. But it brings up some bad emotions of, like, what could have been, what should have been. I it mean, fires up minor fans. Do you, you like, it, it's hard because... Go to work. I'm going to start here with the basketball conversation. Can you blame Floyd for all the defections of the program? I think to a certain point, I think Sanderford you can't because that's just a dumbass being a dumbass, and I ain't scared to say that. Yeah. Um. You know, but I think, and I, like I like I mentioned to you today about Darius Nelson. Yeah. Um. If you guys haven't heard, it was somebody posted on Diggs. Uh, Darius Nelson was arrested in in early December for a home invasion. Dude got hit with five felonies, a kidnapping felony. Um. You know, I think him and. Not that he's in the same boat at all because Simon Howard is doing great for himself. I can't name the school. But, I mean, those two guys, I mean, why were they sitting on the bench their freshman years? I think that's the only blame that I'll put on, on Floyd. I, the, going back to Dustin Watts, even going back to Kenny Williams, all those guys that didn't make it here, and even partially to Marquell Jackson, too, you can kind of say maybe that's on Floyd because he was actually here. And we actually interviewed him and took pictures of him and talked to him and, and saw him play and saw him in a UTEP uniform. So I think you can put uh, blame on the guys that were here. Even You can even go as far as last year with the Three Stooges because a guy like Mackenzie Moore had red flags. Why wasn't he being watched more? Because Mackenzie Moore, I thought, was a very important offensive part of this team. Yeah, he was. And, and so I, my take on, on your on your like I said, it, it's, you can't blame him for the guys that didn't make it here, the Isaac Hamiltons. Oh, I have a different take on that. But basically <laughs> everybody else that didn't get here, but with guys on the bench like Tymon Howard and, and Darius Nelson, who I felt could really do bring something, some type of offensive firepower, I think you have to kind of look at Floyd in that sense. You know what I mean, where would you come out on that? Is I, I, for me, there's no separating the two. It's either his fault that they're not here or it's not. Because, I mean – Isaac Hamilton's one situation, which I was going to bring up another question as to how long do you think it'll take before we stop mentioning Isaac Hamilton? <laughs> like, as fans, I as fans, how, Floyd leaves. how long is it going to take for us to, like, stop mentioning that dude's name? No, but, you know, uh, that's that, Isaac Hamilton was one situation, but all these other guys, man, and it started the day Floyd got here. 
He wasn't able to hold on to character, which I think that wasn't going to happen even if Barbie would have stayed. I think Barbie had a chance to hold on to yeah. character. But, you know, once Barbie left, I don't think there was any chance for Floyd to hold on to him. But Arnett Moultrie took off, you know? And and then you had a... Uh, what was the dude's name? Uh, Myron, Myron, Myron Strong. Strong took off, you know? And that was like a big and mess. That was, and that was a national mess. Yeah, and... and uh, it's just been like one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And like, again, the whole situation with Isaac Hamilton, I don't think you can really control that. But there's not really many others that you couldn't have controlled, even down to the gambling. Like that, those are you, those are your guys. You sh- you should have an eye on them. Like you should on a on a trip like that. I I I don't know. Was the gambling out there? And I, 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 I would guess. I, I would I would guess. If it know. was, like you should have an eye on your guys while they're out there. You know in what I mean? Every like, aspect, even going out to a club or anything like that. Especially, especially when you're going to a tournament, you know where that is the environment that you're in, a casino and and whatnot. So, holiday. It's hard to 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 not blame Floyd for some and blame him for others. Whatever. But I just I don't even know what to make of it anymore, man. Like I feel like next year, you know, who's gonna be here? Are these guys? Is Tom and now Thomas is, seems like a high character guy, but you never know what's gonna happen. Is he gonna show up? Is Romine gonna be here? We just heard about Romine, and this is another thing that's out of, out of Floyd's control. But you know, Romine was sick with pneumonia and lost a lot of weight, from what I understand. Correct? Right. Is that gonna affect him playing basketball? I mean, I, and not, and that I'm not trying to say that. In a, in a selfish way of, of only caring about basketball and not caring about his health. Of course, his health comes first, no questions asked. But it's just like, do, who's going to be here next year? Who's not? You know, are are the guys that are here right now going to stay? Uh, it's kind of scary, but, like, I almost feel like if there's a possibility, and this is complete just like me thinking completely random thoughts, but there's almost this, like, fear of, like, Vince Hunter not being here. Like, imagine if Vince just decided, like, hey, hey, you know what? I don't like it here. I don't like what's going on with this, and I'm going to just – I'm going to transfer somewhere else. I'll sit out the year, and I'm and I'm gone. Like, I feel like with everything we've seen, something like that could be possible. And it's kind of – I think – I'm, I'm going to pose this question because I think it's an issue because, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a frequent message board uh, follower. You know, I go on, and I like to hear what fans have to say. I really do. Um, and I think – what we're getting used to under Floyd is a defection every year. Yeah. Last year it was Josh Brown. You know, the, the year before that, of course, we all know, you know, how many people have left. I mean, it seems like every year there's a name that we thought, oh, maybe he can be something, you know, come whenever he committed. Tamar and, and, Howard was supposed to be huge, yep. man. And, and so my question to you is, is that is that becoming a bad issue as far as running a program where yeah. Floyd wants to stagger classes yeah. and wants to be because I have issue in like we talked about pre show with, with red shirting a red a sophomore and flagger who I really think of these 0 for seventeen games, you struggling games and come in and hit a couple shots because not because I saw him do that against Julian Washburn, because I saw him do that against Cedric Lang in the preseason and I'm thinking, damn, I even wrote about it. I'm thinking Flagger might maybe not a breakout fifteen point you know, fifteen points a game type of season, but a guy that can be reliable offensively to hit shots. And it's kind of it, it's just it's disappointing when you see that. I think we're always hampering himself, and I think that's really a, a, the biggest issue is, is why are we hampering ourselves with depth when we have depth down there? And I, got, I can speak on Trey Touchet because I saw Touchet in, in preseason practices, and he was a step behind. He couldn't really find flow in his shot. He was a guy that definitely needed a red shirt, but a guy like Flagger, 
you know, you, you shook down his confidence. You know, yeah, he's all he said the right things, you know, but kids want to play. Yeah. Kids want to play. And, and you know, let's say Flagger goes back home and he runs into the North Texas coach. And the North Texas, hey, you know, I could use him next year. Maybe we may be tampering, whatever, but what if that sticks in Flagger's head over the summer and all of a sudden we, we see a, a tweet where Flagger's transferring to North Texas because he didn't play this year. I'll, I mean, I'll take it a step further and talk about how, how the way Floyd runs his ship could be hampering the future of UTEP basketball in the sense that how many recruits see what happens at this program? Like how many? Look, you're you're whatever. Paul Thomas signed, right? Just name any other recruit that we we're going after, okay? Right? What what happens if if he sees that program and says over the last five years there's been twenty some odd players that have either been kicked off the team, left the team, transferred, kind of never made it. Exactly. You know, like that's got to affect how you think about that coach and that program. You you can't feel very secure about your future there. Now, if you're a guy like a like an Isaac Hamilton, four star guy, McDonald's All American, you know you're, you're you know that you're secure there. So I, I don't, I'm not going to go that far to say that that might have affected him. But other guys that maybe aren't those four star guys, you know, that that still could be valuable pieces to the to the program. Like what if they're th- what if they're thinking, look, if I go there, I'm not sure what to expect. You know, I really think that could factor into a recruit's decision. I think so too. I mean, it has, it does. I mean, kids, kids aren't dumb. These recruits aren't dumb. And they read What about their parents? No, that's and that's probably the more important thing, more more than all. And I mean, it's just, it's just really interesting. You know that that I think that's when we point to the problems of today as we're going to transition into what's going on this week. I mean, I think that's really a problem because there's not enough scoring depth on this team. Because the scoring depth that was going to be here never made it, you know, or made it and, and felt like they weren't going to be a big part of it. You know, a lot of people were telling me from the inside of the program that Marco Jackson was a four-star bust. But, you know, watching watching this team last year, I mean, or watching this team this year, they could use any offensive help they can get at certain stretches. How, I just, I don't know. Look, 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 look at who that is. Yeah, can I throw some matches? <laughs> hey, no, but. How big would it have been to have Chris Washburn here this year, man? I mean that that's and, and that and that that was the big 2013 defection. Now now our, our 2012 defection before last year was Washburn and, him and, and Howard, man. Imagine having him. Oh man, I don't even want to get into it. But having <laughs> a polish said uh, Julian and, and even if you, I mean to me the biggest blow of this whole thing was Sandifer. Because we expected Chris Sandifer to come in and to be that extra spark. Shaq Carr too, man. I mean, yeah, a Shaq Carr too. Even though, even though we knew Shaq Carr wouldn't make it, that yeah. was always the recruit that those, those most we people can't knew. hold against Floyd because yeah, they, they didn't make their grades. You know, Walker makes a three. God damn it! But, but look, here, here's here's the thing, and we will use this as a transition. We're, we're starting to see how you know we we saw it this year, how thin we were at times. How how we had only a seven man rotation. Could you imagine if you could look down the bench when Sed got in foul trouble and you got Chris Washburn sitting down there, or if Julian wasn't playing well and you got a third year junior Tamon Howard that's probably a lot better than what we saw his freshman year at this point. Man, you know, like whatever with Chris Anifer and Shaq Carr. It, it there there comes a point when you've got to deal with what you've got. Like I feel like there's almost. And again, this is just me just talking out of my ass, complete, not not with any kind of grounds or basis, but just saying what I feel. There comes a point where, like, 
you 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 got to realize this is what I've got and this is what I've got to go with. And sometimes I feel like Floyd almost wants to continue to like weed out his quote unquote worst players to better the overall team. But in in the in doing that, he's hurting us. Oh yeah. Because some of these guys aren't even making it here. And, and I've heard him turn down the you know we don't turn kids away, but I mean really I mean if you're not making it here, I mean it's 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 like it's a Division One athletics, it's cutthroat. You might get cut, you know. You you might get cut. There's no, you know. He, he should. I think if he's more honest about that part, then I think guys like us can kind of get it and not maybe have this conversation because we just kind of expect it. Like this is the way he's gonna run the program. If you're not cutting, it, you're gonna get cut. It should come out more. But I mean, it hurts it because you're looking at it. You know, you're looking at these past couple of games. It was like we just had one more shot maker come off the bench. One more shot. And we're not even asking for a, a 11 deep, 12 deep rotation with. Three, four star guys. What's crazy though? What's crazy One shot maker. Is last year, as we as we saw the recruits starting to come in, and we had our team, we started thinking there. You can go back and look at the post and look at the comments in the post at Minor Rush of how we thought, man, we're gonna have ten, eleven, twelve deep rotation next year, and and a rotation of people that can actually play, not just. A guy on the end of the bench that might give you five minutes in garbage time. I'm talking an actual rotation of people that Producer. can contribute. And 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 then flash forward a year, and you've only got six or seven guys that are actually contributing. That's rough, man. Like and and it's 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 affected how good this team has been because Vince Hunter can only do so much. CJ Cooper. CJ can Cooper only can so only do so much. Julian Washburn can only defend one guy. Urban Morris isn't going to hit every three he takes. This year, at least. It just affects your team so much, man. But again, if you could have all these guys that should be juniors and seniors at this point. You look at the class that CJ came in with with Darius Nelson. I was looking at that poster today. Was Devon like, Campbell. There was like eight guys, man. Jim Jacobs, who's, who's starting at New Tim, Mexico Tim right Jacobs now. Jim Jacobs is at New Mexico. Mike Perez, who's playing at Nevada. Nevada. And I was looking at that poster from that year. I have the most recent posters up in my office at work, and I was looking at them, and I'm thinking this because I had just seen the senior video at work, and I'm thinking there should have been six. This should have been a way bigger senior class built, not with no knock on Omega. I love Omega, but you know, not relying on a guy like Omega. Let him kind of you know get ushered in by these upperclassmen that was set up and that's the way it it normally works man and and that's how point set up a program like utep that's the way it normally works it should work you have to work you know it's not as we look at at joe zanardi's bubble uh last four in right now just a quick mention indiana colorado state temple and byu first four out davidson texas ucla and illinois uh the next four out would be pittsburgh stanford miami and old dominion making an appearance again but yeah, man. Um, it's just it's rough, man. Like, let, all right, let's 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 keep going. Let's let's talk about what's going on right now. UTEP comes in to this final week of the season, two games at home, North Texas and and Rice, um, sitting at nineteen and nine, which on the surface doesn't seem terrible. You know, like if you were just told at the beginning of the season that you'd be sitting at nineteen and nine, you'd probably think, all right, we lost the Arizona, we probably lost two in the in the wouldn't legacy, you know, you would have never thought we lost the games we did in in the sense of Marshall and and Southern Miss the way it happened and you know, but here we are. And and I'll and I'll kinda of go into our, our second post of the week that was the burning questions that's gonna to start uh to be the topic of conversation for the Rush podcast. 
is can this season still be salvaged? Yeah, turnover Isaac Hamilton. Sorry. <laughs> We're coming off possibly the most disappointing stretch of basketball that we've ever seen in 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 UTEP history. Like that's not even overstating it. You know, I agree. It's one thing. It, it would have been one thing to to lose to Louisiana Tech the way we did, and then rebound and win by thirty against Southern Miss. Or win by twenty four. <laughs> but but you know the way it happened, where you don't show up against Southern Louisiana Tech, and then just completely fall asleep and lose a twenty four point lead against Southern Miss. Literally, that might be the worst two game stretch in UTEP basketball history. Certainly under Floyd, certainly this season, certainly with this group of core players. I mean, it's just, you know, there was a lot of high hopes, I think, that, you know, coming off a seven-game win streak, that was a different mentality of this team. It was, I'm going to defend your ass, I'm going to play hard, I'm going to play with passion. And when they did that, everything seemed to open up. The offense opened up, the shots went down, the looks opened up. Seb was, you know, brilliant during that streak. And then, you know, it takes a step back. You know, you take not even a leap back, you know, and it's just, it, it's it's about, and Andy Enfield got a technical. It's, <laughs> it's just about finding that consistency point going forward because this team is, first of all, they're talented enough, like we've talked about. Even though we're not as deep, we're probably the le- the best team in the nation with the, less, with, with the least depth. But this team is able to produce when Vince Hunter is Vince Hunter and when guys are, are playing at that high level. How do you get that back? How do you get that back after such a devastating loss? And, and, and I don't see it either because it's 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 two games that you're supposed to win. And yes, you can come out there and, and put that back, but it's a mental thing. I yeah, think it is because it, it's it's gonna be that mental thing of, of where the fans have pu- uh, pumped it out in them, or maybe even the coach that pumped it out. In them. You you haven't been able to win that big game, and it's those three seniors we've talked about, and that's been as much as we love those guys, as much as we respect them. That's been the knock on the big three for us, really, and out of all due respect. And that's got away on you mentally, especially heading into the biggest stage of their careers, their senior years in the conference tournament. So, you know, you look at it and say, um, can the season be salvaged, right? And, and, and on, on on the post I, I put that I felt like that from the outside looking in, if I didn't have any dog in the race, you know, horse in the race, any dog in the fight, whatever you want to say, um, you'd probably say no. You can't. It's it's done. Like yeah, you're probably gonna win the last two games. You're probably not gonna see even a even a championship game uh, um, appearance in the conference tournament. And you're probably not gonna get an invite to even the NIT. But having a dog in the fight, you know, ha- being somebody that's emotionally invested and very emotional, you know, I I feel like it can, it can, it can be salvaged. Like we do have the talent. I look at the games that we've lost in conference, and I feel like there was no reason for it. You know, maybe maybe Louisiana Tech does have our number. You know, maybe it's time for me to to maybe give them that much. It's hard to though. It's hard. It's hard because you you see the way that we played against them, and of course credit has to be given to them as far as you know having a good game plan and executing twice. But, twice, but when you see how we, it's it's one thing to see how they played, but you got to take into account how both teams played. And when you see our team not show up, that's when it starts to get hard to be like, yeah, it was what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to give them that credit. Because you know that, I mean, just like you said at the opening, if we would have lost in the last five minutes of that game, we played our ass off, we defend. And, I let's, say, and, and, and let's just say 
Appleby just goes off in the last five yeah. minutes, or Hamilton, or one of those big guys. Yes, you can live with that. But you know what? Hell, we played with them for 35 minutes, and their best players stepped up. Ours did it. You know, then you can get deeper into that. But, I mean, if it's going to be salvage, it's got to be Floyd. So, it's got to be that jazz. So, here, here's my thing. Look, again, as a fan, I want to say, yes, it still can be salvaged. But here's the thing. What is salvaged? Like, what, what, what would be good enough? I would say NCAA tournament because that is exactly what Floyd's even even quoted it on Tuesday when he talked about that. When he he still he, I mean they're still shooting for that. And I would say yes because you have three seniors because you have one of the best sophomores in college basketball right now at his position. Maybe even the best sophomore in college. Ah, Isaac Hamilton missing again. <laughs> but um, I mean it's it's I really think it's it's win that conference tournament or bust to salvage because of what Floyd said at the beginning because this was. The hype was basically built by Floyd and carried on when we're watching these practices and we're watching the demographics of the roster and what we have and our knowledge as fans, our knowledge as knowing sports in general. And I really think the only way to salvage this is to get to that NCAA tournament and win three games in Birmingham. That's the only way. And it starts with the coaching staff. These guys have to light this fire and put some urgency into these guys because just like we've noticed, and it's no personal knock, but there's no leadership on this team at times. During the seven-game winning streak, yes, I wrote about it. I've talked about it. But when the times get rough, when Cooper's not hitting, when things aren't going their way, there isn't that John Bohannon to get in somebody's face yeah. and say, look, we're, this is all I got, like he did last year. You know, when these guys should be telling that to each other. And I think that's where the coaches going to have to step in yeah. and, and be assholes if they may. You know, but they're they're paid $100,000. They know how to get to these kids. They've recruited them. They, you know, they know them very, very well. So I, I think that's if we see a turnaround, I think it's going to come from the coaching staff at Ford because, for one, they're experienced. They've been there. You know, they've been in different situations, and they know their team. So salvaging it, to me, is you got to win out in Birmingham. You have to. I mean, I think anything short – I mean, NIT, of course, will take it, you know, to respect the tournament. But anything short of NCAA tournament is disappointing because of the hype Floyd put on this team yeah. on October 1st. I agree. I mean, I, I... – I think that's it's it's NCAA tournament or bust, but um, at and not even the fact it's fifth year. At the <laughs> same time, you know, I will take an NIT appearance, man. Uh, I think with everything that's happened with the season, the injury to Matt Wilms, the guys that didn't make it here, it, it's it's still not an excuse to me. We even without all those guys, you know, we still should be at this exact moment. We probably should be no worse than twenty three and five. Yeah, you know, four games. For sure, right off the bat, Southern Miss, Marshall, NMSU, for sure, we should have won. You know, and then just give me any one of the other close ones that we lost. I'd say Western Kentucky we, put that to the top because we're a free throw away. Whichever one, you know, at worst right now, we should be 23 and 5. Yeah. Um, so there, there's not really an excuse, but considering everything and considering where we're at at this exact moment, if we happened. To, because I think the only way we make the NIT even is is putting up a you win the last two and you win two to make it to the conference championship and you beat somebody and and, and not only just beat somebody but you you can't get blown out in that conference championship nah. you got to make it come down to the end and and then you might have a you got you, you got to make people think like damn I wanted to see you tip yeah, in the in the exactly. NCAA tournament exactly and, and so if that were to happen man I mean as disappointing as it would be to to you know not make the NCAA tournament. Um, I would take that NIT appearance, but again, short of making the the championship game in in, in the conference tournament, 
I don't think we make the NIT tournament. And that would be... I mean, just... There's no words for it. Say off Twitter. There's, there's, there's no words for it. You know? And we, we talked about it before. I mean, would you even consider a CBI or whatever invitation? I, I, I personally I, I, wouldn't. I don't think so. No, I don't think... This team doesn't deserve that. You know, like you said, last year's team did because of everything that they went through and how they put it together. Yeah, they did deserve it. But this team deserves an NCAA appearance or an NIT appearance. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, it just you got to be able to shake it. And, and the step to recovery or the step to getting hot starts Thursday against North Texas, who's playing some pretty damn good ball themselves. They won five out of six. They're getting way better guard play. Colin Voss, the senior, is starting to step up big time and just really efficient for them. I mean, this is – it really – you got to – it's just like I wrote in the post today. That mantra, that rally cry of the Conference USA tournament starts now not only has to be said, but the emotions of it, the passion. I mean, it's got to start. It's It's got to start diving. It, it, it seems like every road game I've watched this year on TV – UTEP is is probably five to zero down on fifty fifty balls on the hustle plays. I mean, there just has to be that fire against yeah, a team like North Texas that you can that you've proven this year. Not, not you just, can swarm and you can force turnovers. Not, you can smother them. Not just North Texas, but making to me, if if this team wants it, they will achieve it. They yeah. will go out and win that conference USA tournament. They've got the talent. It's a matter of do I want to do what it takes to get there, and not just say that, but actually yep. do it. Get after those fifty-fifty balls. Stay in the gym an extra hour or two to make those damn free throws. Just be mentally tough to not be throwing the ball away. You know, it, it's the fundamentals that this team has really struggled with. That extra pass to get it inside instead of settling for a fadeaway jumper, or or it's like it's it's all mental with this team. It's not. There's, I mean, yeah, there's some issues. There's been issues with rebounding. There's been issues with with turnovers, like we mentioned. Me, but it's all mental. To me, even rebounding is just a matter of it's wanting it. it. And Floyd even it said is. it. Hunt just, do you said want it. that basketball? Go get it. Go find somebody and box out. And and you know you can sit here and argue and 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 bitch and moan about Floyd and his offense, which I'll be the first to do that because I hate it. But regardless of that, this team is good enough to win against anybody in this conference. And, you know, starting with North Texas this week, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I know at this point, your your regular season games don't mean much as far as the NCAA tournament is considered. You know, you could lose to Rice and North Texas, and it don't mean a damn thing if you go and win the tournament. It, these two games really don't mean anything as far as the NCAA tournament is considered. But for that momentum heading into the tournament, you do want to win these. And North Texas is not going to be, you know, Anybody take easy. You talk about Voss and Combs, Williams. These guys, North Texas won, came off a five-game winning streak before they lost to Old Dominion. And they were in that Old Dominion game. In the first they half. were, and, and Old Dominion needed it. Yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of game that we expect UTEP to go win. You need that win, you go get it. That's, those it. are the kind of performances that we need to see from them in the tournament. But, you know, North Texas beat UAB, Middle Tennessee, and Charlotte in their five-game win streak, not to mention going on and sweeping the Florida swing, who's not, you know, it's not like those teams are great, but anytime you can go on the road in, the, in league play and, and, and win the comp, and win that sweep, that's that's a huge thing. So they're coming on five, five straight as you lost Old Dominion. This team is much more improved than the first time we saw them, and they were scrappy that first time we saw them. We just happened to be able to knock down shots. Yep. 
knock down shots and enforce some turnovers with our lane, kind of what we do all the time. And, you know, just going back to the point where you're saying where these games don't mean much, it means much, a lot for this team confidence-wise, yeah. more than anything. It's like it's like me. If I holler at the ugly fat girl <laughs> and she turns me down, I'm not going to go after any hoes for like a week or so. Oh, go. But shout out you, to Austin. Yeah. Shout out to Houston. But, I mean, it, it's, you, it's the same thing. You go and you lose to Southern Miss. Yeah, and it's you. like, what the, you know, like you're, you're questioning yourself as a player. And I mean, it's just, these guys just got to get, they, they got to get that nutsack up again with a big win. They got to get that, that head up. They got to get that confidence back. I mean, that's really a big thing. We saw it through that seven game win streak when Cooper was playing with high confidence, three turnovers in five games, you know, hitting shots, you know, making shots that you expect him to make those little runners, creating, penetrating. It's all confidence, I think. Once you build that, you get a guy like Urban Morris who already has the utmost confidence, but confidence in, in, in winning games and hitting shots, I mean, that's just distraction. <laughs> I mean, man, it's... Yeah, no, but it is. It's, it's, it's all a, about confidence, It's these next two games, and especially North Texas, because it's the game after, that confidence just has to be... That's what I want to see out of this team, is just the confidence of we can I beat hope, these guys, we can go out there and, like you said, just go out there and grab it. I hope people are out there supporting, man. I, I know right off the bat that, you know, if we had come off and beat Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, this place would probably be we, Yeah, out. by now, for sure. I think by tomorrow. But since we lost those two, and in the way that we lost them... Might have a half-empty dog. You, you really might. I mean, I'm I'm thinking you'll probably end up having an announced attendance over eight because season ticket holders and whatnot. But I'm really fearful that we'll see like 6,500 people in there, and that's pretty pathetic. Yeah. But can you blame the fan? I mean, I'm going to be there, but can you blame the fan? Your average I mean, I, fan? I mean, there's posts on minor dicks talking about, I, I'm, I'm not going to be at the last game, are you? I mean, you, there's a lot of people that feel that way, and it's unfortunate because you, no matter how much your team pisses you off or how poorly they play, I mean, you, you, especially a team like UTEP, where that's all we got here. I mean, support them, man. I mean, these guys, like you said, the opening, these guys have bust their ass, you know, not only for four years, but since the beginning of October, and they still have a shot. But, yeah. you know, Part of confidence is having confidence in your fans because these guys read Twitter. These guys probably, you know, maybe one or two will venture off to the to message boards or whatever and see. And, and, you know, sometimes I could shoot them down. But, I mean, just confidence, 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 confidence is the big word this weekend. And if UTEP can, can – I'm not even saying win, but if they can win the way that we saw them win, where they're smothering teams, where they're, you know, run, going run, winning, running away, and there's smiles on the bench and there's – camaraderie getting built, the ball's moving, you know, that's what needs to happen for this team because this is where this team has been the best. And if it doesn't happen this weekend, like I wrote in that post today, I just don't have any confidence in Birmingham. But if I see that in these next two games, I think there's a good chance that UTEP could be a factor in that tournament, you know, proving the matchups, proving how, how, you know, the brackets plan out over the next week, big week in Conference USA. Definitely a big week in Conference USA action. Let's start moving on and, and, and wrapping this show up with a little bit of a Conference USA basketball. Um, this was a nut look. It had there hasn't been there hasn't been a single easy week when it comes to ranking the, the teams in Conference USA because just when you think you know where people belong, somebody goes and loses a game from the first, or ballot. Marshall goes and wins a couple straight, or UNT does it, or whatever it might be. But you know this week. Louisiana Tech comes in at number one, somewhere that you I, you you knew that was I mean that's set in stone there at this point. Louisiana Tech number one, 
Got nine out of ten first place votes. I'm not sure who voted for Old Dominion. It comes in at number two. Uh, somebody comes in and votes for Old Dominion at number two. I mean, at number one with that one first place vote. But I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm still. I, I don't think Old Dominion is all they're cracked out to be. I mean, I really, I really don't. Not to hate. You know, I wish they were better because it'd be another le- another bid for the conference uh, as far as the NCAA tournament goes. But I just, from what I've seen throughout conference play, they just haven't had that consistency. There's much no like, way they much like have, the minors. No way they should have five conference losses in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. I, after, I, after the wins that they picked up in the non-conference, to, to come in and lose to some of these teams in Conference USA is, is baffling, man. But ODU comes in at number two. Um, Freeman Freeman's a damn good player, and that's going to be an X factor for them in the tournament. I think that when you have one of those guys, you know, you, who was it, Bo, uh, Napier, Shabazz yeah, Napier, Napier for, for Connecticut, those type of guys, uh, the guy from the, the white boy from Syracuse, the shooter that got hot. When you have that one score in the tournament and you have a decent team around like what Dominion has. so But, I mean, yeah, it's disappointing to see them. Our only at-large bid, which you, which you mentioned, they were the next four out, ha- have five conference losses when they came in with just one conference loss. So, I mean, that's definitely questionable. They, I mean, you can look at them at a number one vote, but it's just uh, with the conference, the way the conference schedule has, definitely not. But moving on to number to t- number three, UAB. This was surprising to me to see all year long since the conference season. Whoa, oh, shit. <laughs> Carry on. Anyway, I, I just. <laughs> I think somebody just got shot. Dude. Am I hitting? Hold on, the way northeast. That's why I'm tripping. But UAB, that's been the team that surprised me. I mean, I get it. You know, they have a real talented team, but I just a real talented young team. But I just don't. I mean, yes, the the whole they're they're in their home court advantage with the tournament. But UAB checking in at number three over Western Kentucky and UTEP. And I mean, we've talked about Western Kentucky and how we're kind of down on them. But I mean, UAB is a team that I. I voted. Uh, I voted fifth. Oh, no, four, no. What I go? I think I had them fourth. I think yeah, I had them fourth. Look, would, man. I, I, if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have been like, I'm not worried about UAB in the tournament. I don't want to see them in the tournament. I don't. I know they lost to UNT and Rice, which kind of ended their slide or, or their little run there. Um, but this is a team that, in my opinion, can get hot and beat anybody. I mean, we saw them. They, we saw them put up. Well, I guess they're averaging, what, in the 70s, close to 70? But they've put up 80 a couple times there, 81 against Charlotte, 81 against Old Dominion, 80 against North Tech, uh, Louisiana Tech, 78. I mean, they, they, they can put they Norton can put and points. William Lee got Brown there. They can put points on the board. And you on know that in college athletics, man, if you got your home crowd behind you, that, that's worth at least three or four points. You know, it's, you know, we see it all the time at UTEP. We see it all the time at UTEP. When that crowd gets loud, UTSA. It, it's worth at least a couple yeah. points. So I definitely would not want to see them uh, on their home floor. Now, as far as the rankings, they come in at number three. I don't know how true that is. But you know what? With the inconsistencies of UTEP and West Kentucky, I think that UAB actually kind of deserves it. Now, they lost to North Texas and Rice, like we mentioned. But we're seeing that North Texas is a lot better. And even Rice has played yeah. much better the second half of the season. And that, well, that was a road losses for and them, And they were right? both road losses. And so it's kind of hard to fault them. And it's not like they were blowout losses. They lost by three at UNT. They lost in double overtime to Rice. So these are these are games that they were competitive in. I mean, you, you talk about all their games, right? I mean, you look at the last, what is this, 13, 14 games? A couple bounces their way, and they've won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, thirteen games in a row. 
You know, you lose in double overtime, you lose by three to UNT, and you lose by two to UTEP. That would have been this year's Tulsa. Seriously, year. I mean, you, you, you these, this team could have easily have put together 13 games in a row. And at that point, you're talking about they are the number one team in Conference USA, I think. At that point, oh, yeah. If, if they yeah. won 13 in a row, you know, beating Louisiana Tech, UTEP, Old Dominion, everybody, everybody. They swept everybody, you know. So that team is very, very close to being really good. I don't think they're really good. But I think where they are in the rankings at this exact moment is is true at number three because of the inconsistencies of those behind them. And I definitely think they're going to be scary in the conference. I could buy the hell out of that with some cash. <laughs> UTEP and Western Kentucky tied for fourth. I didn't even know where to put UTEP, man. I wanted to put them down at six, but when you start looking at these other teams, you just can't. And I mean, the same to be told for Western Kentucky, too. I mean, they have we've talked about it. They have the best duo in Conference USA, but, I mean, it's just been so inconsistent. And some of their losses, too, scratch your head. But those two are top of fourth coming in with 106 points. A big differential on the RPI. Of course, it probably changed by now. But UTEP checked in on Monday with a 75 RPI, and Western Kentucky was 115. The team that I saw battle their ass off last Saturday is our number 16. I was rooting so hard for me. I don't think I ever rooted for Middle Tennessee in my whole life. Harder than I was rooting for hey, them. You and, you and DJ pass. Bauer or whatever that guy's uh, name is. Uh, uh, Red Red Homies DJ. that day, huh? Yeah, I mean, you got to give Kermit Davis and them a lot of credit because when they came in here and it looked like that team was going to go south, and they really just continued to battle, battling that 500, the way that they play defense. That's a, I, I would put personally, I know you put UAB as one of those teams that you don't want to see. Personally, I'd put Middle Tennessee over them just because of the way that they can defend you. And the way that they're sometimes they they they're, you know they can make you play in the 50s, 60s yeah. if you're able to out athlete them. But that's a hard fighting that's team. A, yeah, I mean I I could definitely understand what you're saying, but that's also a team that lost that same road trip to to Rice and North Texas. Also lost to UTSA and UTEP on that road swing. So not a team that plays extremely well away from home. That's the only thing I'll say. And that's the only again the home thing is the one. Reason I give UAB that nod as far as like being scary and not wanting to see them on that bracket, but I, I if their fans show up, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Biggest that is true. We'll, we'll get into that next. Considering the whole thing with the football program, I think they will support. I think they they have they to have come to, out yeah, and show. They have to. They have, especially because so many people have said, "Oh, UAB doesn't deserve to to host it," which I, I think said it. I think that's bogus. I, said I, it. I won't get into that too much, but I just think, look, they're full members for this year. It's been set up this year, and it's not really their fault. Yeah. So you can't really fault the basketball team. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. That too. But <laughs> North Texas comes in at number seven, fourteen and fourteen, eight and eight. They wrap up with UTEP and UTSA swing this week. Uh, UTSA right behind them at number eight. Uh, Charlotte, who who got a little hot there for a second, they're still splitting. Um, they're coming in at number nine. It, that's another team, man. That you see them on your schedule and you know what they can do and what they should have been doing all season long. That's not really a team that that you want to see in the conference USA tournament. I, you can even look at the schedule. I don't even think they've put together consecutive wins. That's been their issue. Yeah, is they played well in it's some games. They played since early January. They played a lot of close games, but they just haven't put it together consecutively. And that's tough when you've got to win three games in three days. So as good as Charlotte is, that knock has just been. They haven't been able to sweep anybody like you said since January. Rice comes in at number ten, actually tied tenth with Marshall, which Ooh. I think would be actually a real that's good fair. matchup. Didn't they just play recently? Or am I tripping out on that? I think they. I don't remember, man. Rice and Marshall played. Now they played a while back, and that was a 69-55 game that Rice lost at Marshall. But that would be a good I game. I think that'd be a good game at that this point. With, with where those two teams are at, 
that might be a good opening round game that, that you're going to see. You that, know? that could determine who plays Utah possibly. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Rice comes in at 10. Tybo Marshall again. Uh, FIU is at 12. Southern Miss at 13, which is probably a little low. I think I had them like up to 11 after that comeback. I had 11, them at 11 12. too, yeah. Oh, put, just for the win. Just for it, Good shit, Doc. To come back, we didn't even talk about that that much, man. But I, I don't back, want to. I don't want to either, but <laughs> to come back from that 24-point deficit. And they did. They scored 32 points in eight minutes, man. And we put eight. That's <laughs> in crazy. In 11 minutes. Whatever. Well, you see that kind of stuff all the time where teams score eight. You rarely see a team score 32 points in eight minutes. Oh. Most teams score 32 points in the whole half. I saw it uh, Monday night with Oklahoma when Oklahoma made that uh, mean comeback. Or no, Iowa State Iowa made State, that mean home State, comeback yeah. on the home. Kind of made me feel a little better about what happened Saturday, but at the end, fuck nah. FAU at 8-19, 1-15 was really settled in as that bottom Getting team ready for next year. On USA. Busy week, though, man. UTEP, we know who they got. Take a quick look at what the conference looks like for Thursday night's games and give me your quick quick opinion on them. Western Kentucky at Charlotte. Charlotte's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I, I agree. Like, I kind of like Western Kentucky, man. No, I don't I'm, know why. I, I'll I, take Charlotte with the points. I think that's a, they'll win by five at least. And I'll go, I'm going to go Charlotte. That's a, that's what, I don't think it's a trap game, but that's a tough here's, game for Western Kentucky. Here, here's your game of the week if you're a better. Uh, UAB at Florida Atlantic. UAB is only favored by five points. I think that's a game that UAB could actually just go in there and just rock. That's free money. Yeah, Florida Atlantic may have gave up on the season, I believe. Middle Tennessee at FIU. Middle Tennessee is favored by three and a half. At this point in the season, Middle Tennessee needs that win. I, I agree with that line. I think they cover. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I think they'll be able to. Like you said, like you mentioned. kind of fallen off, though. Yeah, they have fallen off. You talk about Middle Tennessee's road struggles this year earlier. That's true. So, That's I true. Mean, but I think, I think they'll cover. Yeah, I, that'll be a real good game. Southern Miss is going to be so hyped coming off as you said, off. To go and and just get their asses raped at Louisiana Tech. 19, man. Uh, they probably had – Southern Miss – let me say this. Southern Miss probably had the best two practices of their season <laughs> yeah, the past couple of days. But, but I, Louisiana I Tech cover, is on – Louisiana Tech and Mike White, if, they're on another if they level, cover, man. If they cover – it's 19. If they cover that spread and lose by less than 19, it's going to be because they were down 25 and, and, and Louisiana late. Tech took a, the break – you know, hit the brakes and they hit some threes. And late. that's Louisiana Tech's senior day. So, you know, there will be a lot of motion. And checking there. out. At the end for some standing O's and yeah. Marshall at Old Dominion. Old Dominion is favored by fifteen and a half, and I think that that line is way that's too way that's high. way too high. Was Vegas, Vegas hasn't seen Marshall in the past couple of weeks? Uh, apparently not. Uh, so I, I think both of us are on that one, right? Old Dominion wins, but yeah, I, don't I don't think, think by, maybe don't by, maybe by ten, maybe they'll be able to pull away late, kind of like they did against North Texas. But and well, they're good at home, so I mean maybe that's that's probably could. I mean I think they're undefeated at home, so maybe that's why. Rice and UCSA, maybe the best game of the night. Um, as far as competitiveness, UTSA favored by seven and a half. I think that's a little too much. I think Rice can be competitive. That's a little now. too high. UTSA has been kind of up and down since that since their UTEP loss. So when I really thought that that game, just their effort, maybe would have kind of boosted them up to get on the roll. But I think Rice will be able to pull that one out. I'm gonna go upset. I've, I've been I picked upsets twice against the runners and it came out. So. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, it was a good episode, man. We got hey, you know you know what the real the, the realness is. We're down to just a couple of you. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. As sad as it is, but next week we're going to come at you. I, I, we can do I mean, it in the all, summer. 
Yeah, we had. We, we don't have shit to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, we could do it over once or twice over the summer. <laughs> we don't have anything to talk about. Two hours baseball. It. Yeah. <laughs> what what what, what uh, food item did you get this week there from you the go. Chihuahuas? But next week, you know all what we're talking about, Conference USA Tournament, That's baby. It. It's going to go down. Maybe we'll do something special with with uh, with the podcast for Conference USA Tournament. Have a couple of those. Maybe one each day. Yeah. A little rundown, 30-minute rundown or something. We'll That'd talk cool. about that. That would be cool. But anyway, thanks to Aaron Jones for coming on, talking us to talking to us tonight. And thank you all for staying with us for over an hour now. Uh, if you all are hearing this on Thursday... Go Miners picks up game time in just a couple hours. But uh, you all know where to find us, MinerRush.com. Hit us up there. Keep commenting. Good conversations going on. Keep Hell it up. Yeah. We yeah. do appreciate it. Um, I can I can say, uh, and I can speak for for Alex here in saying that when we see comments on, on our work, obviously Alex is putting a ton of work lately, but when we see comments on our work, uh, it, it really kind of makes it worthwhile. You know people are out there reading. You know people are enjoying it. You know they're kind of buying into it and feeding into it. So keep commenting, man, and, and always you know, feel free to give feedback and just keep those conversations going, continue to build a minor nation. But you all know where to find us, sbnminorrush at gmail.com, twitter.com slash sbnminorrush, or at sbnminorrush, facebook.com slash minorrush, and uh, Alex's, uh, what is it, instagram.com slash poppychulo. I'm like, that might have to change it. <laughs> Bobby Chula with an underscore and two L's. Oh, man. Out, baby. Well.